now, this is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgeley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices. Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time. You're with Rob Gilbert, Michael Edgeley and Willem van Denderen for our podcast spun-off from the main show where we go through the highlights of the past week, our teams and moments of the week and plenty more. Now, Edge and Willem, uh, Derek is reclining on his Jason recliner rocker. He's probably got baby uh, Henry Patrick uh, nursing in the crock of his arm and listening to the show. He is on the bench, of course, for that very reason this week. So we're going we're gonna to get uh, this thing fired up. And Edge, look, I'm going to give you the game of the week because I think you've probably got the cracker that um, we would have chosen if uh, you didn't get in first. Well, PSG nil, Rennes 2 in Ligue 1. Um, despite being seven points clear on top of the table, uh, PSG have lost five of their last nine matches. And their coach... The great Christophe Gaultier is under a lot of pressure. Imagine being on top of the table in your domestic competition and facing the axe. Not only is he top at seven weeks, but I just thought that um, PSG losing at home um, and the pressure mounts on him. Um, Obviously, this is off the back of their spectacular exit from the Champions League. But uh, for me, that was my game of the week, PSG going down at home to Rennes. And despite being on top of the table, the coach is likely to get the bullet this week. Oh, well, I noticed. in the axe. Edge's French teacher. <laughs> That's what I was just about to ask you. I noticed that look on your faces, Edge. He, he, he does famously um, have his own unique approaches to pronunciation. I think Killian Mbappé. He's only the best player in the world. Mbappé. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Willem? Mine comes from the Hunter, Newcastle 2, Perth, Glory 2. Twice the Jets went ahead, and would you believe it, they're on the verge of the finals, the Jets, but twice the Glory pulled it back. Uh, Costa Grozos, a player who's been around for a long time now, but hasn't really made his mark at the level, uh, looked to have scored the winner, uh, only for Ryan Williams to score a goal with a header uh, from the exact same spot as Trent Osler did earlier. Uh, to make it one all from the exact, yeah, as I said, the exact same spot on the pitch, just from uh, reverse corners. Arthur Pappas, fuming, just can't take a break. Uh, Arthur, he just cannot string the uh, the consecutive results together. So uh, I will say that was my game of the week. In the battle of the two uh, unions that we covered last week, the second leg of that Europa League tie, uh, it was the Belgian side who did it pretty comfortably 3-0 in the end. So uh, Union Berlin can focus all their energy on the league. Well, speaking of uh, Union Berlin's competition, the Bundesliga, that's where I've gone because I had originally chosen that uh, match that Edge uh, uh, chose because I do love to see PSG lose and um, uh, and you picked it, Edge. But I'm going with Bayer Leverkusen who are mid-table there in a real purple patch right now. They played their part in keeping uh, this gripping Bundesliga season alive with a 2-1 come from behind win against Bayern Munich. Joshua Kimmich had uh, the opening uh, goal for the defending champions 22 minutes in. But Ezequiel Palacios scored two penalties as Leverkusen beat Bayern and missed the chance to return to the top of the Bundesliga. Bundesliga, the result leaves Bayern second, a point behind Borussia Dortmund, who thrashed Cologne 6-1 on Saturday. Now, Leverkusen, whose manager Xavi Alonso used to play for Bayern, have now won five matches in a row in all competitions. Dortmund and Bayern face each other on April Fool's Day in the 
first match after the international break. So that one will be an absolute blockbuster and uh, and have a real um, uh, setup of for the uh, the back end of the season. So, uh, yeah, good to see that the, the top end of the Bundesliga is, is not just a, a one-way ticket for uh, Bayern Munich, as uh, it so often is. Now, um, I know, Edge, again, you had first dibs on, on this one, so you've probably got the, the most obvious one from a domestic men's point of view, but uh, I'm not going to go past uh, Carl Vietz, Adelaide United. Uh, 5-1 hiding over Wellington at Hindmarsh. It extends their unbeaten run to 10 matches uh, with the Reds' last defeat on January 7 when they uh, they got beat by the Central Coast 4-0. They've won six, drawn four. They're second, six points clear of the Mariners, Western Sydney and the Phoenix who are all on 31 points. Now, Craig Goodwin, he's an absolute star. Surely uh, a European contract is uh, on the uh, the cards for him. But uh, uh, we almost put the moz on their keeper, Joe Gauci. I'm not sure whether you watched the game or the highlights, but even though they won 5-2, uh, there was one particular point when the game was still alive where Costa Barbarousas rounded him in the, the corner of the penalty box up against the byline, picked his pocket, turned around, and he had pretty much an open goal and couldn't get so old Joe would have been the happiest man at Hindbush uh, after that happened. So I'm just watching this. We said it last week that Adelaide United are a real chance of uh, a barnstorming finish and maybe upsetting the apple cart for um, the uh, the championship. And uh, at least we're going to get a, a competitive grand final against City, if not uh, a run at the premiership, Willem. Yeah, they were given one of the uh, the great helping hands by Ollie Sale, who conceded just about the softest own goal you'll uh, you'll see to kick off proceedings. But from there, Rob, you're right; they take it into their own hands. And you look down the list of scorers for this particular match. There's a little bit of everything represented. Luka Jovanovic scored the second. He's a 17 year old. I think that's his second in two games. Uh, Lachlan Barr is your sort of big burly centre back type. He came from Adelaide City, so he's progressed through the MPL level to win professional contracts. Ibasuki's been probably a bit of an underrated signing. So he's your foreigner who, who's come good as well. And then Craig Goodwin, obviously the local star who uh, is is the spearhead. So a little bit of everything uh, in the mix and Carl Viet certainly getting a tune out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, well done. You you made my um, description. You added the nice cream on the cake and the cherry on top with uh, with your additions there, Willem. Well done. Uh, well, who are you nominating as your team of the week? I think we'll go with Edge and keep the A-League theme rolling first. Okay, my team of the week is Western Sydney Wanderers after their 4-0 decapitation of Sydney FC and a peach a peach of a goal to Callum Newanoff, who was absolutely sensational. So um, no grumpiness from Mark Rudan post-match. <laughs> None at all. All class, all grace. All class, but Sydney FC have their tail between their legs and they have really slipped in, uh, in terms of their contention for this year's competition, but they are clearly... Uh, they're clearly in a lot of trouble. But Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, that's, for me, that's a franking stamp on their potential to take out this title in the A-League men's. And to everybody who doubted them, including me, uh, I'll, eat, uh, I'll eat my cake. Nice work for Cassini Yangi back from injury edge. Now, if Derek was here, he'd call him the A-League's great shithouse. He did nothing. He just tapped in one of the softest P-rollers you've ever seen, immediately gets the kit off and shows the back of his shirt to the uh, the Cove, the Sydney FC fans. But what about the Tunisians' two goals? He just yes. pokes them in after just doing a little jing, 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 the big tall man, and uh, he was lovely. But for me, it was Kellum Newmanoff's goal. Did you, what, did you just see that one, Willem? It just went bang! Yeah, well, he was linked to Celtic in the off-season. I'm not sure how advanced that is, but he's a hell of a talent. We saw it with the first goal he scored for Sydney down in Wollongong. I think it was round one against Wellington a few years ago where he went in your words, hashtag boom. 
but no, Rob Michael is right to bring up La Uni there. We celebrated the Tunisian connection when we played them with Salim Khalifi at Perth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amor La Uni, another player now who uh, has come. He's from Tunisia. He's in the league and no disrespect to Salim, but this guy is getting the job done at the very pointy end of the competition. And yeah, this is the first time in six or seven years the Wanderers have been anywhere near relevant coming into the... Uh, the hot part of the season. So we'll see what I can do and we can see if Rudes will ever crack a smile. Uh, my team of the week is back to Germany, St. Pauli. Uh, we know why we keep a pretty close eye on this one, both Jackson Irvine and Connor Metcalf starting each and every week there. Um, they sat top for the bulk of last season, but collapsed at the end. Uh, they are currently on an eight game winning run in the league. They've been beating teams one nil to one, sort of just getting by, but this week went into overdrive and put five past Sandhausen. Uh, now, their last eight games are the first in the managerial career of Fabian Hertzler, 30 years old with a German name, but he's born in Texas. So he's uh, like Jesse Marsh and Ted Lasso, uh, establishing an, an American coaching reputation, if you like. Um, so they're sixth. They've got to get in the top three to play the 16th place side in the top flight. So the work is still all before them. And I guess it speaks to how poorly they were going previously. Uh, but nine to go, Rob. Eight points to make up on Hamburger in third. Uh, we'll continue mm. to watch that run with, uh, with great interest. Yeah, we sure will. And um, I did uh, hear from Jackson during the the last uh, seven days, reached out to him and uh, forgot that he would be on a plane as we were recording the show. He said, Rob, I'd be happy to come on, but I'll be 40,000 feet up and I don't think my uh, mobile phone's going to work up there. So um, good luck to you, Jackson and Connor, as you're returning home with all the other lads for uh, for this uh, double header against Ecuador. Willem, you had something to add? Can I chuck in a second nomination for uh, for Team of the Week? One will come across in a few weeks' time. But Sheffield United are into the mm. last four of the FA Cup. It's a competition they've won four times. Edge, one of the great old working-class uh, clubs of the early days of the Football Association. They've won it in 1898-99, 1901-02, and 1924-1925. So nearly 100 years have come and gone uh, since they last gave this competition a shake. They've got Man City next up, so it's tough. But... Uh, How's our friend Doug Hodgson going to be faring with the Blades in the top four? Oh, he'll love it. I was just about to say uh, the Blades and Doug Hodgson, he uh, celebrates uh, his fine uh, career with Sheffield United back when they were in the championship in the 1990s. And uh, Dougie, who um, uh, suffers from that neck injury he suffered um, from playing with Oldham Athletics. So, uh, yeah, I'm always thinking about Dougie, a very good friend of mine and um, a very dependable mate and also a great uh, Blades personality in his own right. Now, my um, moment, of the, can we talk about moment of the week now? Far away. Yeah, moment of the week. Moment of the week for me was, this was a good one. Uh, the Real Madrid president uh, didn't attend El Clasico on Sunday at Barcelona in an apparent protest to the charges of corruption that Barcelona have been uh, hit with. Um, they had been um, charged with with bribing the Spanish football's refereeing committee um, assistant director, Jose Maria Enriquez uh, Negira. So uh, in response to that uh, that uh, that uh, corruption allegation and the appropriate charges from the authorities, uh, the Real Madrid president said he wasn't going to grace his presence uh, at Barcelona. And um, looks like he chose a good week to have off Willem because Barcelona beat Real, beat Real Madrid 2-1. Yeah, clubs that continue to get it done at the pointy end of, of La Liga, I guess it probably speaks to the, the competition that's around. But off the field, there's always some sort of soap opera going on, whether it's financial, whether it's, a, you know, he said, he said. Now, um, 
Rob, why do you think this assistant director of referees received 7.3 million euros from the Catalan club between 2001 and 2018? Why do you think he received those funds? I'm trying to look, I'm a creative commercial guy, but I, I, I can't <laughs> lay my finger on it. He might have uh, won a, a competition to design an away strip or something like that. That That's possible. Because, you know, we have away strips change each year and, you know, they often throw those out to uh, to competitive pitches. That, that, that sounds like a, a, a realistic um, reason that they might have banked that money into his account. And Barcelona's official response to the corruption allegations is we must respect the times of justice and the wheels of the official process will be making no comment. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, moment of the week. I'm surprised we haven't managed to get to this one in the course of the full show and uh, and and as much of stoppage time as we've done so far. But you, you talked about Sheffield uh, United in the FA Cup. Uh, how about Fulham? They uh, they travel to Old Trafford. Uh, they they score the go ahead goal. Alexandra Mitrovic is the hero. Uh, they look like they're heading to their uh, the second FA. Well, at least the the semi finals. They made the FA Cup once and lost in nineteen seventy four seventy five season. But then it all blew up. Uh, Mitrovic, uh, William, and uh, the manager, the Portuguese Marco Silva, all red carded in what was a chaotic. Two minute period. So as I say, they were leading one nil. Uh, but and as you're watching, Jaden Sancho, he he comes barreling down the left edge, and and looks like he's going to score for all money. And William looks like he's he's just cut him off at the right uh, moment as he he uh, he fires it, uh, or at least attempts to fire it into the back of the net. But obviously on the replay, uh, the uh, the fist of uh, of William got in the way. So uh, he gets sent off. Silver blows up Deluxe uh, in the technical area. Um, he said afterwards that he did shout at the official, I am not going to lie. I didn't say he was a really nice guy and the decision was fair, but he didn't hear me. Okay, well, why did you get a red card, um, um, Marco? But then the the the... the um, the whole thing blew up completely when uh, Mitrovic uh, uh, shoved the uh, the referee in the arm and uh, and then just gave him the big uh, don't argue with the chest and, and got sent off and and some of the pundits after the match Chris Sutton from the BBC calling him to be suspended for ten weeks which would just ruin Fulham season just because the bloke lost his temper and went crazy but if you haven't watched it watch the three minute highlight package Martin Tyler commentates it it's fairly priceless. Totally unacceptable and unnecessary, really, I would have thought. I mean, they're 1-0 up in a quarterfinal. Um, now, the handball was by the letter of the law, not malicious. It was just a handball on the line. So that makes it one all and you're down to 10 men. The game's still mm. on. Yeah. Um, so for Mitrovic to go and blow his top and yet physically touch the referee and scream in his face, that, that yeah, totally self-inflicted from Fulham. Yeah, bizarre, and 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 he needs to get a really really heavy sanction for for what he did because, uh, you know, anything uh, less than a, than a uh, a massive suspension is going to encourage others to to do it. My moment of the week: Antonio Conte finally bursts at the seams. Uh, Tottenham had a three-all draw with Southampton, who are last. Let's take a listen. Why? Bah! I don't know because they are used here. They are used here. Don't play for uh, for. Uh... For something important, yeah. And, uh, they don't play. Uh, they don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's easy in this way. And Tottenham, Tottenham story is this: 
20 years that there is the owner and never won something. But why? Only for the, the fault is only for the club or for the every manager that stay uh, here. And uh, I have seen eh, the manager that Tottenham had on the bench. You risk to disrupt the figure of the manager and to protect the other situation in every moment. And now, and now uh, until now, I try to hide the situation. But now, no. Because I repeat, I don't want to see what I have seen today. Because this is unacceptable. Also for the respect for the fans. They follow us, pay the tickets, and to see the team another time. To have this type of performance, for me, I repeat, this is unacceptable. So, Rob, teams will rise, they'll fall, but probably the worst space you can possibly be in as a professional sporting club, of, a sporting club of any any code is to stand still and just mark time. And this is really reminiscent of what we saw last year with Man U and Ralph Rangnick just winding down a contract until uh, until the new era dawns. They, they don't want to pay him out. Um, they're only now discussing an interim, which would be Ryan Mason, but he was an interim when Jose Mourinho was sacked two years mm-hmm. ago. So to an extent, that's standing still and not really moving forward either. Um, I would only imagine what Derek would have to say on this. He'd be absolutely loving this. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a bit sad, though, when you consider the position of Harry Kane. He's 30 in June. As loyal as they come, he's given everything. But mm-hmm. we've got to think about you know winning some trophies at some point. Everyone wants to do it. Um, Son Heung-min as well, Michael. Maybe he's at the end in Tottenham. at Tottenham. He's just turned 30. Obviously, uh, a magnificent player with plenty still left to give, but he's, he's flatlined badly. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs at, at Spurs. It was, it was was entertaining viewing once mm. Conte just lose his bottle at the press conference and uh, point the finger at everyone else other than himself. He's lost three close friends this year and he's had his health issues. So it's been a serious time for him. So there's some sympathy there, but uh, in a professional sense, they probably should just wrap this up. It probably will be wrapped up by the time you hear this. And boys, even though he's not here with us physically, we've got a little contribution from our friend uh, Derek, who is uh, in the Hillsville Sanctuary with baby... Henry Patrick in the crook of his arm, and uh, he's got a hot topic for us, which, as you could imagine, focuses on Arsenal. Hi, boys. I hope you're all well, and thank you for all of the uh, notes and best wishes that you've sent me and my family over the past few days. It has been a sensational, uh, sensational weekend, uh, not just because of uh, Arsenal's dominant display over Crystal Palace, but obviously. Uh, the birth of my son as well, Henry Patrick Dyson. And I have been fielding a few questions, not just from you, from you guys, but from uh, various friends of mine that have been uh, a little suspicious as to our motives for uh, this particular name. Uh, I was very candid with Sarah, uh, my wife. She She actually likes these names, and I was, of course, very quick to endorse them too explained their significance in an Arsenal context. So she is very much in the know that we're talking about the club's record goal scorer and arguably my uh, favourite ever player, Patrick Vieira, the captain of the Invincibles. So she um, went into this decision uh, with her eyes firmly open. And of course, I'm uh, delighted that uh, he has such a strong name in uh, more than many ways. So a bit sad that uh, this weekend saw the demise of Patrick Vieira as a football manager with Crystal Palace. Uh, He had been struggling 
it is the uh, the uh, hurly burly of the Premier League. After all, I personally would like to see managers get more time, and I felt very sorry for for Vieira, who had a very good first season at Palace, but had had a very very poor run of fixtures recently. But as with uh, Arsenal and Arteta, um, sometimes you do have to give your manager time. My only hope is that potentially Patrick can somehow now be uh, reinstalled into the Arsenal hierarchy. I do feel like that uh, we would be well to do well to keep these uh, these players and these ex-legends within the structure of the football club. I think he was in the City organisation for far too long for my liking. Uh, it looked like he was going to cut his teeth in the Premier League and, and did OK. I wonder whether other job offers will come for him, he still has that formidable uh, reputation as a player. But uh, regardless of that, I was still very happy uh, for him to form part of uh, of my son's name. So um, I'm sorry I can't be there tonight. I'm, of course, uh, knee-deep in nappies and I'm quite sleep-deprived. So uh, hopefully I'll join you all again on the show soon. All right, it's very nice there. Uh, uh, we did talk about this in the main show how he uh, he, he named the boys after uh, his boy after uh, Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira, uh, which I'm sure you and I know you very firmly endorse. But uh, on to other matters, hot topic style. Um, you've got one that we're all going to have a, a bit of uh, a yarn about before we wrap up. Absolutely, and with the uh, FIFA Congress in Rwanda, the decision to expand the FIFA Club World Cup to 32 teams and host it every uh, quad rally for years. Um, this is a significant one, and I don't think there's been a lot of coverage in Australia about just what it means for Asian football as four Asian teams, and we hope that Australian teams will participate in this competition uh, should, they, should they win through. Uh, we'll go to an incredible World Cup-style tournament uh, in 2025 and 2029, um, it really will be quite a significant one and a big boost for African, Asian and uh, and uh, Central America, North American football in particular. So uh, I just think it's worth having a bit of a yak about. Um, we, we did cover it in the main show. Um, however, um, it's just worth recapping on the teams that will be participating uh, before I throw to Willem. Um, 12 teams from Europe. Uh, six teams from South America, four teams from Asia, four teams from Africa, four teams from North America. Oceania will get a team and the host nation. So that's a significant uh, development for international club football. Women. Yeah, it certainly is. That Oceanic spot is uh, is interesting. We'll see Wellington there, theoretically. Possibly, that's right. We may Although see they don't... Wellington there. Or, but, but because they participate in yeah, the A League, maybe not. Maybe they may need to qualify through Asia. So uh, we, I think the uh, last New Zealand team to go all the way through to the Club World Cup was um, Auckland City. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought that through because they don't part- they're not allowed to participate in Asia. Nor will Auckland's new A League franchise if that gets up and running. Um, so no, that that thought probably needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, but it is it is hugely exciting. Um, as I said in the main show, it's the the football calendar is packed. It's it's busy enough. Um, I've always thought that there is, you know, less is probably more. We see the the sort of League Cup under threat, little sort of quaint competitions like that. Uh, we've seen things organised by individual confederations that jam pack the calendar more. So thinking of the uh, the European Nations League, which probably doesn't quite justify its place in the minds of many. Uh, but this is one where I think 
this is one where I think it absolutely will justify itself. And I said earlier that I liked the in the, in the main show as well that I liked the thirty-two team tournament and the the jeopardy that it brings. And we saw that during the International World Cup. That third match day was just fantastic in Qatar. So that's going to be a thing of the past internationally, but maybe within the Club World Cup, we'll retain a little bit of that. So it's um, FIFA Pro, uh, which, as we know, is the global union for professional football players. Um, they've come out and. and... But they said it could have serious consequences and aggravate pressure on the welfare and employment of players and said that it was unilaterally without seriously consulting, let alone agreeing with the players. So what do you make of that? I mean, shoes. Oh, that's, that's clearly a grab for money because they're like, they haven't had a CBA discussion around share of prize money like um, the players do with each international federation. So um, they are clearly using that as a false flag and saying, hang on, uh, existing player contracts, they play all these games, do they get any extra money? So there will be need, need to be a discussion with the players commercially about what happens to the slice of money. But this is, I mean, that'll get that'll get sorted out. If, if a you know, if you're contracted to Manchester City and you're heading off to the uh, Club World Cup, it's not it's not as if you don't want to go, is it really? Mm. It'll be about uh, how it's rectified in your in your contract. But what's really interesting, this is re, it's really attacking the uh, financial structure of of uh, big international club football because at the moment the Champions League and UEFA secure all the money, uh, and now that this is likely to challenge that as a a place to. Uh, to secure funds, so it's a it is FIFA gaining control over some international club football that they haven't had previously, and it's creating a new asset. Infantino, for all of his um, all of his criticism, he receives quite fairly. This one's an interesting one because he's really readdressing the financial imbalance he's trying to between Europe and then Asia, Africa, and uh, North America. Because you know the the big win here is for those confederations that are going to be opportunity to have their clubs play against the biggest in the world out of Europe and South America. So uh, I think this is really interesting commercially. I think it's got enormous legs, and um, I think this will become the preeminent international club competition probably in time overtaking the Champions League. All right, then. Watch this space. Um, Edge has spoken, and um, it sounds like you're convinced we better get somebody on who uh, is an authority in the international game uh, to uh, to break it down for us a little bit more in the coming weeks when we have a window. All right, boys, well done, Edge. Thank you again, mate. Have a good uh, week. Um, you're nearly home soon, in a week and a half. We'll look forward to having you back. Yes, Rob, I think I might go for a swim. Nice. Enjoy your swim. Yeah. Willem, thank, thank you. you. gents. Another good show. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Back Absolutely. Next week. And uh, to Derek out there, mate, enjoy your little baby. Um, It's about a three, four days probably as you're listening to this. Hopefully we'll get you back in the next couple of weeks. You might have a having a break from uh, your uh, your your main gig, but um, have a little bit of fun with the football if you if you can find a window. And Damien Tardio, as always, thank you, mate, for making uh, this show sound. Do you reckon Derek can hold the baby in one hand, drink a beer in the other, and cook a barbecue at the same time? Hmm, You'd need to put the tongs in your mouth or just have a big straw. And banging a hat trick at the uh, Hillsville Futsal Centre. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah. He'll be spare put... legs there. Yeah, he could do that. All right. Well, we'll ask him when he comes back. All right. And on that note, please subscribe to Box to Box Stoppage Time and Offside wherever you get your podcast. Tweet us at Box to Box NTS and follow us on Twitter. Make sure you like us on Facebook and join us throughout the week as our podcast drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game. <laughs>